you had some questions. Yes, Maraj. So one is a very broad general one. You have to, you have to speak loud. One is a very broad one, a general one, about our Siddhanta, meaning Achintya Veda Veda Tattva. Um, how to actually apply it in real life, or what does it actually mean to live, to have this kind of worldview in day-to-day -day life? And I was thinking maybe you could give some examples or elaborate. Use the sunlight. Use the sun. Sunlight is no different than the sun, but it's also not the sun. So like that. Mayatatam dam sarvam jagadavyakta murtina. Krishna is... Uh, everything is Krishna. So, but everything isn't Krishna. Krishna is a person. It's all his energy. But uh, still, it's not Krishna. So, it's very practical. Um, because uh, nothing, uh, nothing has any existence separate from Krishna. Just to think that is Maya. That's what Maya is. That you think that something separate from Krishna. Nothing separate from Krishna. Right. Nachamatstani bhutani pascham eyo gadaishwaram bhutabrim nachabhutasto bhamatva bhutabhavana. But still, I'm not. I'm, I'm different from everything else. I'm a person. Uh, Sun and sunshine, that's conceivable. How uh, God is everywhere, and at the same time he's in one place, that's not necessarily conceivable, because we don't have any experience of something being everywhere, and at the same time being in one place. We have experience of things being either there in many places, or in one place, but you can't be in many places and in one place at the same time. And it's inconceivable because we're very limited. That's that's very important from the practical point of view, achinta beta beta, achintya, that this idea that we can we can understand everything, we can learn everything, it is Maya. Who said? I mean, there are two logical alternatives. One is that the uh, human mind can understand everything, and the other one is that it can only understand some things. And even there's some things we don't understand. Don't. I know how to make this table, but I don't know what the table is.
plastic, but the plastic is atoms. But the atoms is just, practically speaking, all space. So this table is all space. It doesn't look like all space. So I don't even understand how that works. And uh, so things are inconceivable. Krishna's cloaking uh, streets. Just because uh, you can do some things doesn't mean that you can do everything. One megle. No. It's a what? tough one to swallow, isn't it, for me at least to. This, this, you know, not being able to intellectually understand everything is very, like, I think a lot of people have this issue. No. Especially the scientists, of course. They wouldn't admit that, right? No. Science means how to know more and more about less and less. waste of time how to go deeply into ignorance because matter is ignorance mm. and that's what they're all about they're all about matter is unscientific because it starts off with this idea that we can understand everything. If you start off that you can't, and you take a, a humble position, they, they say, oh no, we want to be objective, we're not like religion, we're prejudiced, we want to be objective, but science is prejudice, the prejudice is the God that exists. same from the other direction but it's kind of hard to accept in terms of having been taught for so many years this kind of ideas no it's still like as a devotee as practicing devotee it's still in the mind somehow I, at least i find in myself that sometimes these things pop up and i think like Prabhupada also was very strong right on this on his morning walks and the scientists it was yeah. because of that because it's so deeply rooted or and how, what can we do to overcome that eventually? Read Prabhupada's books and develop faith in the uh, <coughs> version of Srimad Bhagavatam. See things through Krishna's eyes, not scientists' eyes. And it's not science because constantly changing. Whatever they say, it will be different five years from now. So that means oh, we're learning more and more. No, that means you don't know what you're talking about. 
you never how, how do you think you're ever going to know and what's the point anyway so what so what if you go to the moon then what what will you do there you already messed up one planet so you're just going to mess up another one Now they say that uh, by 2026, that's four years from now, temperature will go up one and a half degrees, mm. which will probably be 2023 in reality. Mm. So what's the use of science? Destroying, destroying our habitat. But reading Bhagavatam, you have to see things the way Krishna sees things. Mm. Bhagavad Gita, that's how the scientists say, see things the way we see things. But Krishna says, see things the way I see. Mm. And then, Also concerning this oneness and difference, I heard that uh, I think actually it's in the same verse. Prabhupada writes about this in Smaya uh, Tatami mm Sarvam. -hmm. He says in the purport that uh, so Krishna is in the heart of everybody, but usually it's he's in his four-handed Vishnu form there right? as Paramatma. But then to the devotee he becomes Krishna Shyam Sundar. I think I don't think Prabhupada writes about that part that uh, yeah Krishna is in his original form there. But I heard that. Can you maybe elaborate? Is that how do we understand it? Krishna changes his forms, or is it like so they're the same person? Same person, yeah. Whether he's got four arms or two arms, but uh, super soul gives knowledge of the self and so on. But when it comes to knowledge of uh, Krishna's uh, confidential pastimes, that super soul isn't involved in that. That's only Krishna. So then, then Krishna manifests. Just like I said, Krishna's in everything, but super soul is in everything also. So just like Lord Nishingadev comes and he appears from an atom from super souls. Similarly, Krishna manifests in the heart of a devotee. And he guides him. Dadami buddhi jogam tam jena mama puyantitu. So he's in an. Uh, He's in everybody's heart, the super soul, and uh, when devotees require that kind of guidance, and then he manifests in his directly in his two-handed form.
as Krishna. Maybe on another note, on, on your class from, from last Sunday. On the what? On last Sunday, uh, on the travelings of Lord Chaitanya. Um, you were speaking about the importance of historical record. And I was just wondering, uh, you said that for the Hungarian Yatta, for example, there's no really history, uh, historical recordings, but also ISKCON after Srila Prabhupada left. So why do you think it's important different reasons. Srimad <coughs> <coughs> Bhagavatam is history. Puranas are history. Mahabharata are history. One is because devotees do wonderful things. And uh, we want to remember Especially, I want to remember devotees, for instance, who founded Yatra or who worked, you know, devotees here who just lived in a plastic, plastic house in the winter when it was cold, or just cooked outside in the winter. Those are very inspiring things, and. Uh, Should be recognized, glorified, and then you learn from the past. Mm. We did things right, we did things wrong. So if those are recorded, then uh, devotees have a vision of what to do right, what to do wrong. Mm. History is, uh, <coughs> especially the real issue is you can have a general history of Hungary, but to actually really record everything that takes place, you need a separate one for <coughs> the farm, for Budapest. A lot of things, a lot of things going on. And there are some things that going on nationwide, but then there are some things that are Let people know that, you know, in the past we had so many devotees living here, so if uh, 50 years from now there's still only so many devotees living here, then they know, well, we're not actually going according to plan. But if they know a record, then what will they know? have a vision now, how are devotees realizing the vision of the Hungarian Yatra? <clears throat> how are they uh, making it successful? History is always uh, 
you know, even material history is in one sense relevant. You see progress or you see regress, you know. Whatever historians say and however they go, but there's there's an idea that oh yeah we progressed from from the dark ages and in the future you know Prabhupada came so we've got from him and other devotees who are like Prabhupada. Maybe not equal, but great, great devotees. We want to know what did they live, what did they say. So, uh, in uh, in the past, there used to be, you know, court court historians who just kept record of what was going on. Often it was. Uh, was biased always to make the monarchy look very good. But still, you got an idea of uh, what's happening. I saw those chocolate chip cookies. Look terrible. I mean, they look very good. Mm. Something else? Uh, yeah, on this note also with... Uh, I'm actually just reading also Tamil uh, Krishnamarach's Servant of the Servant, which is very inspiring, like a historical account of yeah. things. So I can really relate to this point of inspiration and learning also how to get this kind of enthusiasm and mm? how to get this kind of enthusiasm and, and this mood of preaching that Maharaj had was like, really inspiring. When you do it, it comes. Uh, when you go out, then the inspiration comes from Krishna, from Lord Chaitanya, um, and that's uh, that's what that's why again history is important, mm-hmm. and then devotees can see that uh, you know this Krishna consciousness movement is not just about people believing in Krishna and chanting Hare Krishna at home. It's about austerity. Sacrifice, you know, everybody in the world should be chanting Hare Krishna. Everyone should have a set of Prabhupada's books. Um, And then uh, that's what uh, Krishna consciousness is. So we'll hear that get inspired and uh, that's why devotees should uh, live live in the ashram associate with devotees who are doing that then it rubs off mm. otherwise it's just it's good reading yes. but uh, and that's what uh, 